the unintended pregnancy is associated with risks to the health and economics of both the mom and the baby. And that transition to motherhood is incredibly difficult, even if a pregnancy is planned. And so we really want to give families the best start possible. So by having women choose when they will get pregnant, we can ensure healthy behaviors begin and continue throughout the pregnancy and ensures that mother is in good mental health and in a financial context that makes sense for them before entering motherhood. So I think that that's really a powerful thing to offer to British Columbians. I'm Peter McCulley. Last year, BC became the first province to make over 60 types of contraception free, with pharmacists in the province being able to prescribe some forms of birth control. In our first segment of this podcast, Andrea Silver, a pharmacist, a member of the board of the College of Pharmacists, joins us to talk about the free contraceptive program, how it's been received, and how it works. In our second segment, journalist Lauren Collins chats with Health Minister Adrian Dix about the program on this edition of Today in BC. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, Andrea. It's really a pleasure to be here, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. How many people have picked up free contraceptive prescriptions from pharmacists since the province expanded access to birth control last year? Well, as you know, the government and community pharmacies have made a number of changes to reduce the barriers that British Columbians are facing to access the medical treatments and advice that they need when they need it. Nearly 300,000 people have benefited from free contraceptives and being able to see a pharmacist for the treatment of minor ailments and contraceptives since the government expanded the scope of practice for pharmacists in June. The government's also made nearly all contraceptive options free of charge to patients now since April of this year. And they just reported the numbers of individuals that have received those contraceptives up to November was 188,000. So that includes more than 123,000 that received oral contraceptives, over 30,000 who received intrauterine devices or IUDs, and over 37,000 who received emergency contraceptives free of charge. What impact has the availability of free contraceptive prescriptions had on individuals in British Columbia? I think women are more likely to choose the right contraceptive for them without having to consider the cost. For example, a major limiting factor for contraceptive effectiveness is remembering to take a medication every day at the same time or remembering to remove and reapply a new product. The failure rate for that reason of oral contraceptives or the pill is 1 in 14. And that's just because people have a hard time with routine when it comes to medications. It's not something that they want to think about every day. IUDs have been shown to be the most effective, nearly 100% effective, especially in teachers. It's safer for older patients or those with other health conditions, and it also has fewer side effects. But on the other hand, a lot of people wonder whether or not they'll tolerate it, if they'll want to keep it for the full five to seven years. It's rare that they have to have them removed or that they want to have them removed because they're not feeling fine. But it is a rational thought that people can really imagine happening. And so a lot of people won't want to put up the upfront cost, which can be up to $400. But a lot more people are now doing that because it's free and it's definitely the most effective at preventing unwanted pregnancies and the adverse effects of an unwanted pregnancy itself. The reason why, for example, maternity care is so well-funded is because the money goes a longer way. It's not just the funding for a single person you are affecting at least two people because mom and baby. But you're also talking about the health and the capacity and the productivity of the entire family, spouse, 
parents, everybody that's involved when it's an unintended pregnancy. If you look at the groups that have the highest rates of unintended pregnancy is teens and those with low incomes. Lowering the barriers to access in those specific populations can make a huge impact. Andrea, are there specific demographic groups that have particularly benefited from the free prescriptions offered by the program? I've seen women of all ages benefit from the service in pharmacies. We certainly have a lot of young women that feel safer accessing the service in a pharmacy than sometimes going to a doctor that they don't know, or some that just come in for the consultation to discuss what their options are. On the other hand, we also see adults and mature women looking to start or change or adjust their contraceptive method now that they don't have to consider the cost. The reality is that 20% of British Columbians still don't have a family of physicians and those that do get short appointments and they don't necessarily feel like they have time to answer all of their questions. So when they're seen in a pharmacy, we'd like to keep them comfortable in a room that, that has some privacy, but also having enough time to really have that robust discussion. How will their contraceptive method of choice have an impact on their acne or weight gain or clotting risk, or how will it help control their cycle? Are there any drug interactions that they have to worry about? Maybe there are misconceptions that we want to discuss along the way, as well as what to do if we do fall off and we forget to take a pill or to get our injection late. So that big conversation can sometimes be more comfortable to have in a pharmacy setting than in a physician setting where you're feeling the crunch on time. What contraceptives are covered under the program and how much money could be saved by someone accessing the program? It's actually easier to talk about which contraceptives aren't covered by the program. The program is covering most kinds of oral contraceptives with very few exclusions. They also cover hormonal as well as copper IUDs, progesterone injections, vaginal rings, even a hormonal implant, which is inserted into the arm. So it's less invasive than the IUD. And it's a nice option for women that are concerned about the invasiveness of an intrauterine device, whether that's due to anatomy, trauma, or just simply preference. The program also covers emergency contraception that women can use if their contraceptive method of choice has failed or for unplanned intercourse. That method still isn't foolproof and really requires consultation to explain to the woman how likely it is to be effective depending on where they are in their menstrual cycle. And so that consultation has to happen in the pharmacy as well before access can be granted. Have you observed any trends or changes in contraceptive usage since implementation of free prescriptions under BC Pharmacare? I have been noticing more women are electing to get implants. The upfront cost can be as high as $400 for the device, but the overall cost of the system is a lot less because it can stay in place for up to eight years and is highly effective at preventing unintended pregnancies. The unintended pregnancy is associated with risks to the health and economics of both the mom and the baby. And that transition to motherhood is incredibly difficult even if a pregnancy is planned. And so we really want to give families the best start possible. So by having women choose when they will get pregnant, we can ensure healthy behaviors begin and continue throughout the pregnancy and ensures that mother is in good mental health and in a financial context that makes sense for them before entering motherhood. So I think that that's really a powerful thing to offer to British Columbians. Have these new measures taken any pressure off clinics and emergency rooms? 
I don't know about emergency rooms, but certainly clinics. And even if we're not seeing the numbers in the emergency rooms, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not a problem there. If people can't get an appointment to discuss contraceptive options, they simply forego it and then end up with an unintended pregnancy and everything that goes along with that. There are some medical clinics that are specifically referring to pharmacies for minor ailments and contraceptives now because it opens their schedule to treating other more acute illnesses and conditions where it's more appropriate to see a medical physician. Other women will use walking clinics and telehealth options to have their contraceptives prescribed, but with the general awareness of the system overload that we have, a lot of individuals just won't make appointments with these services. They access doctors when something's wrong. So if they're feeling unwell, if they need a doctor's note, if something unusual is happening with their body, they won't necessarily access the service just to plan for their future. Women that haven't experienced pregnancy don't really think about pregnancy as a significant medical event it is. And that in itself is a problem. You know, we used to have these regular medical checkups with our family physicians where we'd have the opportunity to really talk to the doctor about something that we've been thinking about while doing a routine exam or assessment. But now we have to book an appointment with a single intended ailment for discussion. And I think that that's changed a lot about our social perception and culture around healthcare. If something's wrong, my doctor can prescribe a medicine to fix it mentality. I think that that frustrates both patients and doctors. On the one side, sometimes patients need the discussion as much as the doctor thinks that they need just a solution so that they can move on to their next appointment. But in other cases, we might have behaved our way into a problem and the patient just wants a medicine to be prescribed to fix that problem without changing their behaviors. So I think that that prescribing culture sort of disengages the individuals that aren't necessarily sick, but are looking for a healthier way to live. And I think that community pharmacy is maybe where that conversation is going to be shifting to. Andrea, does the program address any misconceptions surrounding contraceptive use in the community? It certainly allows for the identification of misconceptions during our open conversations. So for example, there's a lot of misinformation just socially about how well IUDs are tolerated. That is, a lot of people talk about it when they have a negative experience with an IUD, but few people talk about it to their friends and family if they've had a comfortable experience and they no longer have to think about this thing anymore. We also hear sometimes that women are worried that a contraceptive method will affect their fertility, which is a misconception. It actually won't. Some people feel that it's unnatural to miss periods, and perhaps that is true. And so we kind of talk about why that that is important to a patient. So it it really allows time for a more robust discussion and a more holistic view of the patient in that discussion. What educational resources are available for individuals to make informed decisions about options covered by C's contraceptive program? It's actually kind of hard for patients to find good information online about their options. Pharmacare does have a good landing page on free contraception, which includes practitioners that can prescribe and the names of covered options. And you can see that there's tons of available options. I think you mentioned the number over 60, but nothing really about the clinical benefits versus risks. For that, you really have to see the clinician because the clinical resources that we use to help clients make the decision, if you're considering a hormonal option, are these webs of therapeutic decisions based on desired outcomes, individual risk, and so much more. One of my favorite resources to share with patients, though, that use a method requiring them to do something, so the pill or the ring or the patch or a shot, 
is a website actually by the Society of Obstetricians and Gynecologists of Canada, SOGC. You can really Google it easily by using the SOS contraception, just Google SOS contraception. It stands for stay on schedule, but I always remember it because whenever I'd forget to take a pill, I'd be calling out for somebody to help me figure out what to do. So the website is by sexandyou.ca, but it's really easy to Google if you just look at SOS contraception. How does a person access the program and book a consultation with their local pharmacist? There are two main ways to access the program. You can actually find a pharmacy in your area that provides a service by going through the ministry's website, bookapharmacist.gov.bc.ca. That will allow you to find a pharmacy just in your area. The other way, because not every pharmacy is using that system, you can just go to your local pharmacy, somewhere where you feel comfortable and ask whether they can book a time for you. It's probably unlikely that they will get to see you right away. So you will probably be asked to book something and come back in. It usually takes about 30 minutes of your time. So the appointment itself will likely take 10 to 15 minutes, but pharmacists are providing many types of services to other clients as well that you may or may not notice. Sometimes that can take a little bit of time and sometimes you might be asked to wait, but the pharmacist should be able to provide you with a space that you feel comfortable in. If a medication is prescribed, you can either take it elsewhere to have it filled later, or you can wait for it to be filled there. Pharmacist and member of the board of BC Pharmacists, Andrea Silver. In our second segment, journalist Lauren Collins chats with Health Minister Adrian Dix about the new free contraceptives program. I'm Peter. Search, browse, buy. Black Press Media brings you today's drive. Find your new vehicle on our exclusive platform and get driving. At todaysdrive.com, you'll have access to inventory across BC, where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. With new and used vehicles from the dealership around the corner and dealers across BC. The best venue to find your next vehicle is todaysdrive.com. McCulley, Today in BC is a Black Press Media podcast. We're joined by journalist Lauren Collins. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me, Peter. You recently had the opportunity to chat with BC's health minister, Adrian Dix, about the free contraceptives program. Yes, I wanted to talk to the minister and find out what kind of an impact having pharmacists able to prescribe birth control has on the healthcare system, along with what financial impact the free program has had. Typically, women who are younger in their 20s, uh, 20s, 30s, and 40s don't reach their pharmacare deductibles. So these are real savings for women across BC as a result of this measure. People who have relatively lower incomes against the population, because younger people have lower incomes than older people, and who are benefiting very significantly financially from this change in terms of access. So that's important. Secondly, the ease of access certainly is greater. We need to talk about the 30,000 people who are now receiving essentially their prescription through a pharmacist. They're part of 159,000 who've taken advantage of the extended scope of practice for pharmacists for minor ailments and for contraceptions. So that's pretty significant. If you look at the course of a year, about 40,000 individual people a month getting the benefit of this policy, which is significant. I think it's reasonable to say it'd be too early to, to look at the 
longer-term health effects of it, but there is no question easing access and enhancing the power of women to control their lives has significant benefits in addition to the health and financial benefits that are probably self-evident. So in short, this is universal coverage. It's started off extremely well, and obviously it, it has very significant benefits for the whole healthcare system. And I'd suggest that other provinces, and indeed, certainly when I've talked to the federal health minister as well, other provinces would really benefit from following this policy as they have in other pharmaceutical changes we've made recently. I had a chance to ask what were some of the key factors BC looked at when making these changes to improve access to contraception in the province. Contraception is extremely expensive for women, so this had direct benefit to the time when the real challenges of the cost of living, taking that aspect out of the equation and making this strictly a health decision for women about their own lives is hugely important, I would say. There is simplicity here in that we've implemented what we call first dollar coverage, which means we cover it all free at point of source. So you're not paying and then getting your money back. You're just getting the free contraption with a prescription. Is a public policy that can be and has been fairly easily implemented. Combined with expanding the scope of practice for pharmacists has ensured that people also have easier access to getting a prescription for a contraception, which is, I think, of real value. And then there's longer-term benefits, and this will take longer to assess. Its impact, for example, on, the, on unwanted pregnancies and other issues, that will take longer to assess, obviously, than the period that it's been in place so far. But it's our belief, and certainly the belief of those that study this issue, that there will be other benefits beyond that. Across the board, I think it's been launched successfully. It's worked for women. It's saved, it's saved money, and it's better health care. As I say, I think that it's going to be followed in other jurisdictions as well. Can I ask the minister what results the health ministry was hoping to see in this time frame and whether the program has exceeded expectations or if it's where he thought they might be in terms of results? I think it's where we were hoping to be. And I believe that it will exceed expectations as we get a longer assessment of that. The take-up from women has been excellent. Obviously, the benefits in terms of cost savings for younger women is a huge benefit and a significant benefit. We've seen some increase in the monthly take-up of contraception, but I think it will take longer than that to assess that in full. I think just in a general sense, the policy was put in place, and there have been relatively, if any, none that I've really heard of, concerns or issues around the policy. It's been implemented very efficiently and very effectively. So at every level, we're really delighted with the success of the program so far. And we expect as we go into finish the first year of the program and then go into the second year, we'll see even more evidence of its effectiveness for women. Lauren, contraception's not something that's widely talked about or discussed in some circles. Yeah, that's very true. I asked the minister what the province or the health ministry hopes to do around better educating different groups of people around the uses of contraception. I think the program itself has been very helpful in that regard because obviously we focus a lot of attention on it and health supports around it as well. Increasing the number of people who can prescribe has also increased the access of people to information both in cultural communities, but also in different regions of the province as well. 
it, where there's been an ease of access. I think we can always do a better job in providing better health information to people, and that's part of what we're trying to do. But the decision to make contraception free, to focus on it, to increase the number of prescribers, and to increase effectively the information that women have and have access to, all of those have positive benefits as well. Not everyone, of course, use these issues the same way, but this access is a clear statement that we believe that these are choices that women make and they should have, obviously, the information they need and the ability to access prescriptions and that information in a more significant way. And I think that's happening. I think you're seeing these consultations, for example, the 30,000 people who uh, saw a pharmacist for a contraceptive assessment, in addition, obviously, to those who do that through their family doctors and, and others, that's a group of people that probably wouldn't have seen or gone to their pharmacist before. What we're seeing is an increase in access to information as well as an increase in access to contraception. Peter, BC is the first province in the country to expand this type of access for contraceptives, and I wanted to know why this step hadn't been considered before now. Our first initiative on pharmacare was reducing the costs. We have a basically an income-based pharmacare system now. You know, the federal government is always talking about doing something else, but they've been talking about it for a long time. The first thing we did, which really benefited young women, but also low-income people in general, was to essentially reduce the deductible for lower-income people. That was our first major initiative on pharmacare. We took other initiatives as well. We gave first-dollar coverage to a drug called Mithijamizo, which is the abortion drug. And we did that first, first-dollar coverage, provide coverage to that. And every other jurisdiction in the country followed us in that respect, which was, I think, a positive thing. We've taken a number of steps around pharmacare up to now. A lot of the focus has been expensive drugs for rare diseases. But I think this measure, which mirrors what we've done for other drugs, for example, HIV drugs and others, so providing first dollar coverage makes a lot of sense. We proposed that we were going to do this in the 2020 election, and we're following through on that promise. We are the first in Canada, and I would expect other provinces to follow us. That's this edition of Today in BC. I'd like to thank pharmacist Andrea Silver and journalist Lauren Collins for joining us. If you have suggestions or comments, send a voice message to podcast at blackpress.ca. You may be part of our podcast mailbag segment. You'll find Today in BC podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, YouTube, and Google podcasts. From the latest community news to informative, entertaining reads for travelers and the cannabis curious, just visit your local Black Press Media community newspaper website to sign up today.